I've built a grass hut where there's nothing of value. After eating, I relax and enjoy a nap. When it was completed, fresh weeds appeared. Now it's been lived in, covered by weeds. The person in the hut lives here calmly, not stuck to inside, outside or in between. Places worldly people live, he doesn't live. Realms worldly people love, he doesn't love. Though the hut is small, it includes the entire world. In ten feet square, an old man illumines forms and their nature. A great vehicle bodhisattva trusts without doubt. The middling or lowly can't help wondering, will this hut perish or not? Perishable or not, the original master is present. Not dwelling south or north, east or west. Firmly based on steadiness, it can't be surpassed. A shining window below green pines. Jade palaces or vermilion towers can't compare with it. Just sitting with head covered, all things are at rest. Thus, this mountain monk doesn't understand at all. Living here, he no longer works to get free. Who would proudly arrange seats trying to entice guests? Turn around the light to shine within, then just return. The vast inconceivable source can't be faced or turned away from. Meet the ancestral teachers, be familiar with their instruction. Bind grasses to build a hut and don't give up. Let go of hundreds of years and relax completely. Open your hands and walk innocent. Thousands of words, myriad interpretations, are only to free you from obstructions. If you want to know the undying person in the hut, don't separate from this skin bag, here and now. What a treat it is to recite Shirto's Si Chan's Ode or Song again. As you recited it this morning, or as we recited it this morning, and you heard it again just now, perhaps particular phrases resonate for you. 
as they do for practitioners in Zen centres and monasteries throughout the world and have done so for hundreds of years. Some of you may recall that I reflected on the musical language some years ago and shared my response to some particular words and lines that tone deeply in my heart. I'd like to thank Ross for suggesting I return to the hut as though I'd ever left. Thank you, Ross. Today, I'd like to further reflect on the eloquent lyrics of the song, especially on lines not touched previously or only briefly mentioned. With each recitation, the song, which has no known melody, tones deeper and deeper in our hearts, our huts. Over decades, the word hut nourishes, softens, and inspires. Singing up Makahanya with Ross in a little hut, a little wooden hut. Having a, my first heart to heart with Mary in the little wooden hut that I lived in down south. The word itself brings forward my teachers, our ancestors, and the great heart way itself. We've established our hearts, our huts, right here with cushions, stools, ever patient and faithful knee pads, teacup, shawl, sutra book. How little we need to settle into our heart space our hut. It's been companionable to study this book, Inside the Grass Hut, written in 2014 by Ben Connolly and recommended to me by his friend and fellow Soto teacher, Peter Levitt, who I met in Japan. Ben loves Chateau's song and I highly recommend reading what is his first book? I'm deeply grateful that Ben put it all down for us. Throughout his song, Sherto seems to reassure, reassure, and reassure. Relax, enjoy a nap, calmly. All things at rest no longer works to get free. Walk innocent. Rest completely. But he gives some brief and crisp indictments. Let go. Don't give up. Don't separate. How do we relax completely? How is it when all things are at rest? 
We don't live in grass roof huts made from natural renewable resources. We may live in modern high-tech homes. But how to live in them is at the heart of Chateau's song. However, Chateau did build a grass roof hut and he lived in it around 1260 years ago. He was born in southern China in the year 700 and legend has it that as a small child he visited a Buddhist temple with his mother who brought him in front of the Buddha image, told him to bow down and she said, this is Buddha. After he bowed, Chateau looked at the image for a while and then said, this is only a human being. If he is called a Buddha, then I want to be one too. By the age of 13, he was a student of Wei Neng, the sixth patriarch. It's recorded that Wei Neng spoke of his own death to Chateau and suggested that after he had passed, Chateau trained with one of his Dharma heirs. Qingyuan, Xingxi. And Chateau did for many years. It was two years after Qingyuan died that Chateau, at 42 years of age, moved to a temple on Nanyue Mountain in southern China. Beside the mountain, there was a rocky outcrop, and on that outcrop, Chateau built his 10 feet square hut. Word got round, and he was named Stone Top, or Stonehead Monk, Chateau Ho Shang. And here, he's here, in our hut, on Mount Helena. For the next 50 years, Chateau taught those who visited him in his hut or in the temple where he was abbot. Five years ago, I was fortunate to visit what is now referred to as Chateau's temple. It's small and at the end of narrow winding streets full of small stalls and shops. When the five of us visited, it was bustling with pilgrims. But on stumbling into a small room at the back, I came upon the family of caretakers, quietly eating lunch from their bowls. Hundreds of years collapsed into their mindful eating. They didn't look up. And I quietly left. And I don't think they sat there eating all day for the sake of surprising pilgrims. <laughs> Shirto was a contemporary of Matsu, and students would travel between the two great masters, Matsu, great solitary one, west of the river, and Shirto, stonehead monk, south of the lake. Zen as we know it here in this dojo and practiced throughout the world can be traced back to these two masters in southern China, 
Ross's students, now teachers, Mary and Chris, travel across southern Australia to be with him, and we in turn greatly benefit. Chateau's Song of the Grass Roof Hut is the latter of his two poems, both in our sutra books, which encapsulate the very foundation of the Soto or Saodong school of Zen. Charm. Images and metaphors from Shoto reappear down centuries in the writing of Dongshan, Hongzhu and Dogen as well in the collections of koans. Five schools of Zen arose in China and three of them are traced back to Shoto. Yet in his hut, there is nothing of value. It's not that he doesn't value his mat, cushion and bowl. He just doesn't rank them or attribute differing values. So what's of, hut, of value in the hut now? Grateful for the lights. Not quite as nervous as I expected. What's of value in the hut? My 95-year-old neighbour died recently and her daughter, as I speak, is clearing out her apartment and grappling with what's of value. Could it be that when nothing is of value, everything is of value? After eating, I relax and enjoy a nap. Wow, in our own rooms. I had to delete the part about when we all sleep like sardines and over seven days unravel and relax. So enjoy your rooms. When it was completed, fresh weeds appeared. Now it's been lived in, covered by weeds. Delusions, greed, thoughts and feelings of ill will rise endlessly. Chateau acknowledges and accepts their constant arising. But he doesn't cultivate them. At times we are compassionate with ourselves and say, oh, I did that again. We may even develop that compassion with, may I learn to look at myself with the eyes of understanding and love. At other times we notice a sprout of irritation, a seductive tilt towards gossip, or our hand reaching for yet another chocolate biscuit. 
we gather ourselves to tug at that weed and experience the joy of stemming its growth. The person in the hut lives here calmly. Interestingly, in this line, Chateau drops the personal pronoun and just speaks of the person. Who is that person? Who's sitting here? Who's giving the talk? Who's listening? Words come and go, that's all. Our sense of self comes and goes, that's all. Chateau had his great awakening while reading about the self. He was reading some lines from the renowned philosopher Seng Chao. A particular line was, Those that see themselves as all things they, and only they, can be called sages. It's recorded that on reading the line, Chateau exclaimed, Sages do not have their self. Who can speak any more of me and you, of myself and yourself? The realisation of no fixed self is the here. The person in the hut lives here, calmly. So who's here? What's here now, right now? Who's here? Chateau, Dongshan, Hongzhou, Dogen. Ross, Mary, Chris. It's a calm place. Not serene. Calm in the sense of Chateau's meaning. Though the hut is small, it includes the entire world, and this line, I feel, is pivotal to why we practice. Our motivation for practice is to alleviate suffering of others, and sometimes we get lucky as ours fades just a little. We include all the many beings, the numberless many beings, Practice is so bountiful as we bow to cushion the heart of practice, our hut. We include the entire world. And sitting is a powerful form of activism. I still find people often say to me, oh, you live alone. And it's a great reminder to inwardly say, oh, no, I don't but I do have my own room. <laughs> In each round of sitting, all those we love, those we have difficulty with, those in war-torn 
devastated places, those seeking safety, ease, shelter, and those obstructing their safety, ease, and shelter. All right here. Firmly based on steadiness, it can't be surpassed. Shuto's ease and living calmly is based on steadiness. The steadiness of the tree trunks, of the great gums sitting beside us. The steadiness of being grounded as we wonder and wander in the midst of all beings while meeting our vows, promise, commitments and responsibilities. We are now in day whatever of Seshin and the first day's urgent matters and concerns have lost their agitating tenure. The hut is more spacious Yet being at ease or relaxed is a discipline. Our forms and rituals of bells and vows are firmly based on steadiness. And because of them we relax into the deep corners of our hut. We regularly and steadily soften any tightness in the heart-mind along with muscles and tendons in the back, legs. A shining window below green pines. What creates your shining window? When I read this, a shining window had me seeing a warm, small yellow light from a window on a very dark night. But it says below green pines, so there's colour around. I see daylight. Perhaps timelessly, the window of the hut shines. And now... Just sitting with head covered, all things are at rest. Perhaps not so much attention to mental chatter or meandering emotions. Releasing head preoccupation and grounding in the body gives our life a chance. And Seshin is the safest place to cover our head and rest in alert, alert, wakeful practice. Ah, this wonderful line. Thus this mountain monk doesn't understand at all. Living here, he no longer works to get free. Chateau is inviting us to be at ease with not understanding, to be genuinely curious about not knowing, 
and keeping our spirit of inquiry alive, whatever is our practice. <laughs> he no longer works. Such a gentle line to nudge us off the treadmill of trying, striving and falling for the delusion of knowing. Chateau emphasised not knowing. The monk Dawu once asked him, what is the meaning of Buddha Dharma? Chateau said, not knowing, not attaining. Dawu asked, is there anything beyond this? Chateau said, the sky does not obstruct the white cloud's flight. Another monk asked Chateau, what is the meaning of the first ancestor coming from the west? Chateau said, ask the temple pillar. The monk replied, I don't understand. Chateau said, I don't either. <laughs> Any more than you. The essence of Chateau's words was offered uh, when I was really excited to be sitting on a bus in Japan next to the co-translator of this lovely song, Kazuaki Kaz Tanahashi. I earnestly asked Kaz about the meaning of some of Dogen's delightful, poetic, yet puzzling lines, which he himself had translated into English in 1985. Can you imagine how excited I was? Kaz quietly read the lines I put before him for quite a long while and then gently said, Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> I was nudged off a very low rung of a precarious stepladder to nowhere. You know, getting older can have astute Dharma lessons, like the many, many recent times when I've got things completely wrong in quite alarming ways. One small instance, I certainly saw details on a website and confidently informed others until it became apparent that I clearly hadn't. So don't listen too carefully, this might all need to be retracted. <laughs> While these instances of being completely wrong are a bit embarrassing, I have an inkling that they are a little more intimately human. And I take heart in the following story. A monk named Wei Lang once asked Master Chateau, what is the awakened one? The master said, you don't have awakened mind. Wei Lang, dejected, said, I'm just human. I know I run around and have all kinds of ideas. The master said, active people with ideas still have awakened mind. Wei Lang asked, then why don't I? The master said, because you're not satisfied to be just human. Of course, they always finish with, 
<laughs> Wei Lang had a deep realisation. <laughs> the vast, inconceivable source can't be faced or turned away from. Ah, oh, such trust. Such reassurance. Such wonderful uncertainty. Can't be faced. Don't have the hubris of Icarus. Can't be turned away from. Chateau says something similar in his perhaps more famous uh, verse, a chord on investigating diversity and wholeness, and the beautiful lines translated by Ross Bolliter and Peter Wong. Advancing you are neither near nor far. When lost and separated, the realm is secure. So he leads us into this great trust. It can't be faced, it can't be turned away from. But he follows up with the very next line with some clear instruction. Meet the ancestral teachers, be familiar with their instruction. He was referred to as slippery by his contemporary Matsu. So now we note that immediately after his invocation to trust, he gives the imperative to meet the ancestral teachers and be familiar with their instruction. He's urging us to study the writing of early Zen masters and our sutra book is a great place to start. It contains the best known Zen texts with their richly diverse expression of the teachings. And yet Chateau says, be familiar with their instruction. He doesn't use the plural form, instructions. I wonder what that instruction is. Bind grasses to build a hut and don't give up. In the book, Ben Connolly remarks that the Chinese characters translated as don't give up could also be translated as don't back off, take heart, have courage, allow whatever arises. Session is elegantly structured to help us not back off. And sitting session is courageous indeed, a delicate balancing of being kind to ourselves and not backing off. Let go of hundreds of years and relax completely. We may only recall parts of what we know as this life, but hundreds of years of epigenetics, collective trauma, cultural memory and whatever are playing out in our habitual tendencies. Today, there may even be ghosts of previous Mount Helena sessions, which seem hundreds of years ago. Letting them liberate themselves by allowing them to rise and pass frees us from the merry-go-round conceit of believing in a fixed self, with its painted carousel going right up into, I'm worthy, 
and down into I'm not worthy. Not only are we seduced by the illusion of a fixed self, but can be enslaved by how it comes wrapped in measuring tape. Chateau challenges us to let go of judging and comparing. I need to live a lot longer. <laughs> Here, comparing our experience of rounds, let alone the judgment story of how we're doing. No judging, no comparing. This is how the completely comes alive in the injunction relax completely. Open your hands and walk innocent. There's no fathoming the countless causes and influences on each moment, so there's no point trying to sift through them and figure out reasons for our responses. If we can open hands with no fingers grasping, no palms pushing away, even for the briefest of moments, we walk innocent. With impartial eyes, meet the wonder of each moment. Chateau once said, whatever meets the eye is the way. Thousands of words, myriad interpretations are only to free you from obstructions. Indeed, there are thousands of words with myriad interpretations for Zen students to explore. Here we are. But let's remember that on attaining enlightenment under the Bodhi tree, it was the Buddha who first spoke of all beings being the Tathagata, but only their delusions and attachments. And in Hakuan's Song of Zazen, all beings by nature are Buddha. Hongzhi Chencho, who's also in our sutra books with his inscription on silent illumination, he, he wrote about obstructions and how to be free of them. The field of boundless emptiness is what exists from the very beginning, Hongzhi wrote. You must purify, cure, grind down, or brush away. Um, brush away feels a little lighter than grind down. Brush away all the tendencies you have fabricated into apparent habits. I love the way he uses apparent. So we, not to believe in them. Brush away all the tendencies you have fabricated into apparent habits then you can reside in the great circle of brightness. Guagu writes, practice is about investigating our intrinsic nature 
It requires us to remove the obstructions of self-attachment and all of its emotional afflictions and negative habit patterns that conceal our inherent freedom so that we can express it in the midst of daily life. If you want to know the undying person in the hut, no fixed self, no one's born, no one dies, unborn, undying. No name and all names. You want to know the undying person in the hut. Don't separate from this skin bag here and now. Don't separate. We heard that Thich Nhat Hanh gave it life's purpose, the illusion, to be rid of the illusion of separation. Skin bag. This has been used since the time of the Buddha and repeated and repeated and repeated in thousands of words. It's more than being grounded in the body. This skin bag. Does it have a beginning? Does it have an end? Who is this skin bag? Who is this skin bag here and now? 